Welcome to Once Upon a Tech, the literacy adventures of Miss Fitz and Miss Bit. This podcast is where technology and literacy collide. I'm Miss Fitz and I'm the book nerd. I believe that books and libraries are critical tools for helping to create the next generation of citizens and leaders that will shape our future. And I'm Miss Fitz and I'm passionate about transforming technology users into creators, collaborators, and activists. We've seen the power that technology and literacy have together and the impact that it has on our students, our communities, and our passion for education. And we want to share it with you. So, so let's, let's do this. Okay. It is March. It is. Happy second episode. Yeah, that's right. Thanks to those that listened to our first episode. Yeah. And double thanks if you came back. <laughs> it's very that's right. exciting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what are we doing in this episode? Oh, my goodness. Well, there's so much. Uh, we decided to go to the experts for our interview in this episode. So we went behind the scenes at Girls Geek Day, which is an event that Tech Girls um, is part of. And it happens once a month in different elementary schools around the area. <laughs> and this month, we're at St. Anne's Belfield School. Our home school. Yay. Our host school. And we had, oh, gosh, I think I counted over 70 girls. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And we talked to parents. We did. And we talked to volunteers. <laughs> we talked. To, we just chased everybody around <laughs> with a microphone, which was really fun. <laughs> So we have a mom and a daughter here, Noelle and Sammy. You've been coming to Girls Geek Day for a little bit, right? Yeah, right. two years, right? Two years. Okay. What? Uh, why do you come? It's because I feel like the inspiration makes me like come. I can't say ever say no to it. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> what kind of things do you like doing at Girls Geek Day? Coding and like playing with the robots. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And mom, why do you bring your daughter here? I think it's great because it teaches kids a lot of things that they don't necessarily learn in school. And I think it empowers the girls to learn about technology when sometimes they don't know that they can do some of the stuff that that you guys are teaching. Anything you want to tell our listeners about being a girl that loves technology? Technology is like a really good thing to learn and like you can do anything you believe in you can do. So we have Terry Kraft here who's doing Robot Petting Zoo. Terry, why you've been with Girls Geeks Day from the beginning and you're a host at Kale Elementary. Why? Well, the thing that comes to my mind first is the importance for girls to jump in and realize that they are an important part of the future for coding. So I think that Girls Geek Day has inspired me to just as an open door for the girls. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. So, is this your first Girls Geek Day? Yeah. What do you think so far? That it's good. What have you been doing? Playing with my mama. What's this guy called? A robot. So is using a robot for the first time scary? No. No? Not at all? Mm-mm. What happens if you do something wrong? I'll try again. Right now we are all coding using BitsBox and playing our games and I think everyone right now is drawing which is really cool because they coded whatever they wanted to draw. 
And they're they're coding with like uh, real code, not blocks. Yes, it's like JavaScript, which is a coding language, and it's pretty similar to writing like in English, which is also really cool. So they're having to learn about syntax and right. getting errors. Is anybody getting frustrated? No. Oh, there's <laughs> right now. They're so in, in, invested. Before I was. You got frustrated, but you got over it, yeah. Yeah. Can what I ask really how old you ladies are? I'm ten. 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 I'm eight. Eight, and you Nine. are exploring syntax and writing in JavaScript. Okay, which yeah. is so cool. That is and so really, cool. really impressive. If you can tell, I'm very impressed. <laughs> That's why I asked. And uh, Viv, you're a high school student, so why yes, don't you I come am. and volunteer at Girls Geek Day? Because I think it's really important to start younger. Because I started taking computer science when I was a sophomore in high school. And I really wished that I had started when I was younger because it would have made things really easier for me. And I think that it's really, really cool and important to learn a skill like problem solving, especially as a girl, because there aren't as many girls in computer science classes as there should be because it's something that's really fun. It's important. I'm here because I love technology and coding and I'm interested in helping other people love that. Do you find that it's difficult or easy to get girls to love technology and coding? I think it's easy when you can translate it into something that they're already interested in, but sometimes it can be labeled as more of a boy thing, so it can be difficult in that way. And right now you're sorting beads. What, what is the activity you're doing? Uh, this is binary bracelets, and the girls are translating letters into binary and then making a bracelet so that they can have a code that only they know. So is it exciting or scary or weird to know that you're a role model for these girls that are here watching you and participating in your station? It's very weird because I was one of the girls at some point. So you had programs like Girls Geek Day when you were a little bit younger? Yeah. Do you think that they made a difference for you? Yeah, I do, because it showed me that there are lots of other people that are interested in the same things that I am. I'm Aaron Bloomfield. My daughters have been very interested in a lot of the STEM-related uh, subjects that are, are focused on in Girls Geek Day. I'm, I'm in a STEM-related field. And whatever they end up choosing, uh, I want them to at least be familiar with a lot of these concepts. I want them to know how to program, even if they you know, end up not going into that particular field. Um, and it's a great way to get them enthusiastic about the, the field as a whole, uh, the field of STEM as a whole, and some individual subfields. One daughter is really drawn to a lot of sort of the programming and the robotics. And I think another one is drawn to more of the art and design and creative aspects. You all have volunteered your time quite a bit. Tell me why you come. So our sponsor, Miss Bertrand, got us involved in this in eighth grade. We are now sophomores, so it's been about three years of this. So we, as raised in females in tech, we didn't get a lot of opportunities when we were younger. It was very hard to get into tech classes, tech clubs, and feel like it was an environment that we could learn. So when we finally were able to break into that world and get basic programming knowledge and robotics knowledge, we figured let's give back to the community and Miss Bertrand showed us Girls Geek Day and it's been a big passion for us ever since. What is your favorite part of Girls Geek Day? Uh, my favorite part of Girls Geek Day is just seeing the girls have fun and learn while like just playing around. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And 
you mentioned having trouble getting into tech classes, or was it, what, what kind of barriers did you face when you started having interest in this field? I had guidance counselors tell me that I wasn't the right fit. I had the classes were filled with all boys and told me that this wasn't my space. I had teachers who would refuse to teach me, and I had trouble finding clubs that were even accessible, that they wouldn't cost money to join. So I didn't have $50 to spend when I was in third grade. I just wanted to learn programming. When my brother introduced me into robotics, I found that it was all male clubs. Like, there were no girls except Olivia. And so that's also the reason why I joined, because Olivia was there, and I'm like, maybe we can help bring more girls into it. Yeah, especially at the high school level, once I got older. (laughs) (laughs) We do stations of each robot for girls to, like, interact with them and, like, see how they work with coding and how people have actually made them and how it just really cool how it works and like which way to make it go and how it like it can voice record and talk to you and it's really cool. Cool and why do you come to volunteer here? We come here to volunteer here so other kids could do what we could do and they could grow up and create something like a new a new robot or something so then they get an idea of what they're going to do here. We're in uh, the Turing Tumble Room. Katie, you bring this activity here. Can you explain what it is and why you bring it to Girls Geek Day? Sure. So the way that we use it at Girls Geek Day is as a logic puzzle. At school, we can use it to simulate how a computer would work. But it starts off with pretty simple logic puzzles, just a general setup and a challenge output. And then the girls have to figure out what pieces they have to get so that the marbles will fall in the correct order. And that's what we're hearing. We're hearing marbles falling. So, Willa, you've been coming to Girls Geek Day for how long now? Eight or so years. Well, that's as long as we've had them. (laughs) (laughs) Why is Girls Geek Day important to you? It's hard to explain, but it's where girls can really just, like, do anything that they want, including STEM, and that boys can't you know, take over basically all the STEM activities and it's really fun just to come here each time with something different or something the same that I like. Why, why do you like this activity? First of all, it has my favorite art style and then second of all, it's just very, something's always different about it and it's challenging as well. It's, it gets you stumped for a second and so as soon as it does it perfectly, it's just very satisfying to see. Oh, that was so good. I love listening to it. It makes me happy. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I know. It's, it makes me feel really good that we offer the program um, because I see a need for it. But it also makes me a little discouraged that girls are still facing these yucky things like people telling them that mm-hmm. tech and STEM are not for them. But there, I feel like there's less. Like there were more girls that were saying, of course not. Why would anybody ever say that to me? That's so strange. Than there would have been when I was a kid. And I, there just was nothing like this when I was growing up. So the fact that this exists and the fact that so many girls are comfortable talking about it. And I don't know. It does seem better. It's just is better enough. And how long is better right, enough? Right, Yeah, so it's a really awesome experience to be a part of. And we'd love for you to have that experience um, at home or with others. 
So we have shared a lot of resources from Girls Geek Day. And in fact, if you'd like to run a real Girls Geek Day, um, definitely reach out to me. But in the meantime, if you just want to kind of experiment, uh, in the show notes, I link to, first of all, all the robots that were at this Girls Geek Day. There are always a ton of robots. Mm -hmm. And they range in price from very reasonable to very expensive. And the girls love them all. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like when you buy your cat the expensive toy and it's more interested in the wrapper. Like, they will play with any of the robots. It could be the $8 robot or the $800 robot. They love all of them. (laughs) So I've got those there. But the two activities I wanted to highlight are free. One is the Bits Box. So this is the app. It will work on a mobile device or a computer. It's a web website and it basically lets you code with javascript and i've done this with third graders which kind of just blows my mind javascript with third graders oh my gosh (laughs) they actually have to type in code but the people who uh, created it like really knew what they were doing they made really engaging backgrounds and sprites and sound effects and so it just makes the kids want to figure it out and there's also like these recipes that you can follow You can get to the website for free and do things, but they also have a subscription service. So if you're looking for, um, you know, a challenge a month to come up or several challenges a month to come up, that would be another way to go with that. Um, So that's Bitsbox. That's a coding tool online. And if I remember correctly, that room was our toughest to interview because the girls were so into what they were doing that we were getting a lot of like mumbles and nods and we were like, it's a microphone. We can't see you nodding. But they were so into it that they didn't even want to stop for a microphone, which if you know children that are like 12 and under, they will do anything for a microphone or a camera. So that was very surprising. Yep, yep. (laughs) And then the other activity is binary bracelets, which I've done a ton, and I just love it because binary is not really that easy to get your head around. Like, it's, you know, the computers really all they understand is ones and zeros because they're based on electricity, which can either be on or off, and that sounds like it should be an easy concept, but then when you talk about how humans interact... With that, we don't talk ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. So how in the world does that work? So binary bracelet is just really a fun way to try to help explain how you go from ones and zeros to letters and words and sentences that Mm -hmm. human beings can understand and interact with computers. So it's one of my favorite activities. It requires some supplies, but not, uh, not a great investment. And it's one of my favorite activities, too, but for a totally different reason. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I, it did help me understand binary, and I do think that the girls really like that. But if you are a young girl who maybe has not had as much hands-on experience with tech and Girls Geek Day looks a little scary and you're not sure what to do and you're not sure if it's for you, um, every small child has played with string and beads and so if you can go to your first station and be like oh computer science is making a bracelet I do this all the time I'm amazing no one can stop me I can code anything (laughs) like it's I see it being a big confidence builder for girls who maybe love art or jewelry or making but aren't sure if they can do the other pieces of it Mm -hmm. and it lays this little bit of groundwork of confidence of you can do this so you can do anything and they wear these bracelets so proudly and they kind of run around and they're like look this says my name 
time. And of course, the adult that brought them has no idea what that means. So then they get to explain it. And then they're not only achieving it, but they're teaching it to somebody else. And it's a real kind of entryway to the other activities. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing we didn't get to hear in the interviews is the closing circle. Oh, um, yeah. I looked at the, I, I tried to do the audio and that it just didn't work out because we're having to roam around this giant circle. I was doing some jogging. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite times of Girls Geek Day. And I don't know when I started doing it. It kind of was just like, you know, I want to find out what the girls are thinking. I want to see if they found something challenging and if they were willing to overcome it. I want to see, you know, the things that they enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I want to see what activities they'd like to offer. And it's just so amazing that time um, that we get together and just talk about things that were frustrating, things that were challenging, making mistakes, but then things that were joyful, things that really, you know, made them see themselves in this space. Yeah. Things they want to do next time, which I think yeah. if you asked at the beginning, they're still feeling very shy and mm-hmm. like they don't know enough to suggest anything. But then at the end, once they've conquered all of these different things, they're like, I want to build a bigger robot. I want to make my own computer. I want to go to space. Like it's just the growth from close opening circle to closing circle yeah. is really, really yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I hope um, you all enjoyed it. I think it it's an amazing experience. So what book did you bring us? It's called Women in Science, 50 Fearless Pioneers Who Changed the World, written and illustrated by Rachel Ignatovsky, and I may have pronounced that wrong. Um, Rachel, if I did, I apologize. I'm a big fan of your work. So just looking at the book, it's beautiful. It's a dark gray color, and it has these rainbow drawings of women looking into microscopes and looking at fossils and floating in space and and kind of working with different chemistry. And then when you open it up... The uh, the artwork is amazing. It is really, really gorgeous. And it's got all of these bright colors on this dark gray background. And it's kind of set up so that every woman has their own page spread. And it's in one large kind of monochromatic color theme via each page spread. And it gives a summary of who they are and what they're known for and what they've done with all these neat little notes and some quotes and all of these pictures. And it fits a lot of women into this one book and they have a really wide variety of accomplishments and so if you are a girl who wants to go into science or tech or wants proof that women can do it you can look at this book and see proof from all over the spectrum there's women who are in health and in physics and who've worked with animals and worked with people and who have been to space and accomplished amazing things in math. And it's not just a book for girls. Every human being needs to know that science is for everyone. And I don't find the illustrations or the font or anything to be particularly gendered. There are some books that you look at them and you think, I don't know that a boy would would be drawn to this and pick this up, but I think this one is relatively interest neutral, which was a really smart choice. I think it would be a great fit for fans of Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, or we have a Star Wars book called like Fearless Leaders of the Galaxy mm-hmm. with um, Princess Leia on the cover. So if you have a reader in your life that's very interested in these kind of biographical books, they're like encyclopedias of people who have done incredible things, this might be a good pick for them. And I chose one page to take a closer look at. My readers are just so into Dr. Mae Jemison. They could talk about, talk about Dr. Jemison all day, every day, and I'm right there with them. <laughs> she is constantly on the mind of especially our younger students. So if we look at Mae Jemison's page, double page spread, on the left she's floating through space, she's holding a globe, there's a rocket around her, and on the right is her name, it says 
astronaut, educator, and doctor. So cool. She's she's also a dancer, which I thought mm-hmm. was so amazing. And it has some uh, a paragraph of text about her. And then it has some facts running down the side. And if we go back to the page where she's floating... It says she's principal of the 100-year Starship Project. She's the first African-American woman in space. She's a founder of Jemison Group Incorporated and Biosentient Corporation. And then at the bottom, it has a quote by her. The first thing about empowerment is to understand that you have the right to be involved. The second one is that you have something important to contribute. And the third piece is that you have have to take the risk to contribute it. And I just, I love that there's a quote. I love that there's pictures. I just think it's so neat. Awesome. Um, So it's checked out of our library a lot. I had to take it out of the hands of a child to have it for (laughs) our recording session today because it's just lovely and very cool to look at. If you're doing a read aloud with your family, read one or two pages every night and you will find it, find them going through it by themselves when you're not looking, I'm sure. And it's perfect for the month of March, which is also Women's History Month. It is. So there's some images from the book and a link to a really great book review on our website. I hope that you guys will check it out. Women in Science, 50 Fearless Pioneers Who Changed the World, written and illustrated by Rachel Ignatowski. Well, that wraps up the second episode. High five. (gasps) Episode two. We did it. Chapter two is complete. Thanks for listening to Once Upon a Tech, the literacy adventures of Misfits and Misfit. You can find all of the resources we mentioned today on our website at www.onceuponatech.com.